there's no place that doesn't have it. Even if you had a house that doesn't have a TV, doesn't have a computer, doesn't have any of these things, okay, you're still going to have it. Your neighbors are giving it to you. Right. You can take the, a meter, like I showed you, and plug it into your outlet and call your neighbor and say, vary your light dimmer switch. And you'll see that number go up and down. From really? The because you share a transformer with your neighbors. Okay, there's probably like eight or ten houses per on one transformer in you know if you live in a city. Uh, so there's not a house anywhere in the planet that doesn't have dirty electricity from somewhere because it's on the grid. It's a natural thing now. I mean, it's just there. So how do, we want to get rid of it. How is it possible for a parent of a child with autism to become the superhero their child needs now? I'm Len. And I'm Cass. When our son was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism, we went all in. We spent over a decade learning everything we could on how we could transform to help our son thrive. And guess what? He's doing it. This year, he ran for class president. Each week on this podcast, we will be sharing the secrets needed for you to become the superhero your child needs. If you want to learn how to tap into your innate superpowers to help your child thrive, visit AutismParentingSecrets.com. Hey, it's Len, and welcome to Autism Parenting Secrets. Today, we're talking about electromagnetic fields and especially dirty electricity. My guest is an absolute legend in this area for this topic. Dave Stetzer of Stetzer Electric will join me. He's been at this for over 30 years, initially in the U.S. Air Force and then with his own company. And he provides awareness as well as solutions to help people reduce the exposure to this real significant threat and something which is not on the radar of a lot of people. And so we'll talk about why this matters and what practical steps parents can take to provide a more healthful environment for their entire family, especially a child who is on the spectrum, who is going to more than likely be more uh, sensitive and more prone to being impacted if there's an excessive level of dirty electricity within their environment, whether it be the home or the school. We're going to cover all those topics, and I couldn't be more thrilled to have Dave on the podcast today. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Nice to be here. So dirty electricity, I'm not sure where we got that term, okay? okay. But it kind of evolved. But uh, Professor Emeritus from UC Berkeley, Martin Graham, who has over 40 patents to his name, uh, him and I were best friends, and uh, we worked together for decades, and we discovered it. We use an oscilloscope, and what we did, if you can imagine going and getting a bottle of water, for example, and you drink this water, and you don't get sick, and you're drinking in New York City, for example, but if you go to Monterey, Mexico, and you're getting sick. So now, every time you go to Mexico or anybody, you know, you're getting sick. So then do you say water makes you sick? But the guy in New York drinks water and he doesn't get sick. So then the question is, what's, what's the problem with the water maybe? So he figured a way of taking out the 60 cycle that's on, the, on our uh, wires. And so it's like he figured a way of draining the bottle of water, but just the water. So then what's left over? It's the bacteria in the water that made you sick. It wasn't the water, okay? So now if we can just get rid of the bacteria, then 
we can drink water in both places. So when he figured this way, with an oscilloscope, you can actually see the waveforms. And so we took out the 60 cycle and we seen what was left over and it's all kinds of crap, okay? Like high frequencies, all right? So then we thought, well, okay, if we figure a way of taking these high frequencies out, then what will happen? And in all cases, there was, people got better. Their, their life changed, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, so he, he wrote a paper on it and he called it a ubiquitous pollutant. Okay, so now a ubiquitous meaning it's everywhere, pollutant. And so we call it electrical pollution. And so then somewhere along the line, it got redefined or emerged or something into dirty electricity. But what it is, is it's a high frequency transients that's on our building's wires. Okay, so what happened? We didn't have autism, you know, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't really know or recognize it, or, and, and there's more and more cases of it now. But what happens is when we were kids and we went over to our grandfather's house, all the electronic equipment runs on DC current. And so when we went to our grandpa's house, we looked in the back of the TV, we seen the vacuum tubes, yep. you know, the lights light up. Okay. Well, that's how we got the DC current with vacuum tubes. And we used AC and the AC, all the AC did is light that filament, that, you know, that little filament, the heater, and we boiled the electrons and things like that. But now uh, in like 72 or 1972 and things like that, we had the diodes come in. Okay. And we had uh, switch mode power supplies. So it chops up this sine wave, that AC sine wave to get our DC current. And of course, you know, it evolved and we have computers and everybody has all this stuff in their home now. Martin Graham, he had some friends who they must have had an autistic child or something anyway. So he kind of took autism under his own little wing. I like numbers. If you have your headache, if you say you have a headache and we put, uh, you know, some way of we change your environment somehow and your headache goes away, we can't prove it. Only, you know, you had the headache. So I kind of went down another road like, okay, let's look at blood sugar for example blood sugar is a number we can take your blood sugar we can change your environment and look at your blood sugar again it's a number maybe the dalai lama can change his blood sugar cycle somatically but you and i can't okay right so autism is he did more research on it than i did but so the dirty electricity definitely seems to affect children with autism i can't say it's the cause because we don't know Okay, I, I don't know that much about it. And, and, and of course, if somebody did know that much about it, we wouldn't have autistic children. But uh, so it's still kind of a learning thing. But we do notice that the autistic kids that, that I've been involved with, I don't think they were born with it, but they kind of got it. But it was a lot of times it was after a change in their life. They either moved to a different house, started a new school district, you know, or you know, something like that. So, of course, we're looking at the electrical part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you move into a new, you go to a new school district or you're you go from one grade to another and the room's packed with computers, things like that, that something trigger it. OK, I do know that we were both of us were ex-military and we worked with RF and, you know, things. And so one of the things that these high frequencies do is it causes a breakdown in the metals in your body. For example, we had amalgam fillings every six months. We would get our fillings replaced because if we didn't we'd bite into a Snickers candy bar and we'd pull the whole filling out. 
So it broke down that metals in your body. I mean, you know, I guess the guys out in the field that didn't work with electronics and stuff, they didn't have to have that done, you know, but we, it happened to us. I mean, we were, that's really what happened. So while you were in the military, so you were exposed and because of that, the metal feelings in your, your mouth, you had to have them replaced every six months. Every six months, we would get our fillings replaced, yeah. Wow, okay. Because if you went, like I said, seven months, you know, because it decayed. It wasn't that we had poor dentists. It was just that, you know, it would break down, okay? Now, the guy who's working in the administration office, he didn't have those problems. But we were out with transmitters and receivers and radar and things like that. So we were exposed to higher frequencies than normal. So now the problem is and, and actually the russians made weapons with these it's called project pandora if you look it up on the internet and they made weapons and they pulsed our embassy with these frequencies okay so and i've been to russia and i've been to some top secret military labs and i've consulted with the russian government and the health department because they when they seen what was on their wires i mean they have computers and TVs and things too, see? And when they seen what was on their wires, these scientists were like, oh my gosh, you know, you can you help us? So we developed a way of taking these, these high frequencies off your line, off your, you know, out of your environment. And the most active, uh, most biologically active frequencies are between four kilohertz and 100 kilohertz, okay? So now, how does that relate to you? Well, if you have a Dell... In Spiron computer, for example, the laptop, the older ones, that's 25 kilohertz. It puts on all the wires in your house and in the neighborhood. If you have the Dell uh, tower, for example, that's 16.6 kilohertz that's going to be put on your wires. If you have a, an Apple, it's 12.5 kilohertz laptop or, okay. So in other words, in those, in your, if you walk around your house, and you can measure each one, or I can walk around and tell you which, which one is putting on. And remember, the most biologically active is between, you know, four kilohertz and 100. Compact fluorescent lights, the spiral bulbs, yep. okay? They put between 50 kilohertz and 100 kilohertz back on every wire. LEDs put 37.5 kilohertz and 62.5 kilohertz back on your wires. Now we have the smart meters that the electric utilities are putting on. That puts mm -hmm. 50 kilohertz on your wires, okay? So, and that doesn't matter what type of smart meter, right? Like whether, like I know they're, they, they have different ones now, some that don't even admit, emit or, or, or broadcast uh, a pulse and, a, and a, a signal, but otherwise you're just talking about the power it's taking by being connected to your electric system. No, the analogs didn't do it, but but the, the newer ones do because what happens is remember everything electronic runs on DC current. Yeah. And so what's in, and in order to even transmit the signal, they have to change the AC to DC. So there's a switch mode power supply inside that meter. Okay. So it takes the AC that's coming in through your meter and it changes it to DC, not to run your household items, but to run this little transmitting circuit. And that puts 50 kilohertz. So you can say, well, I opted out. Yes, but even if your neighbor has it, you're still getting the 50 kilohertz. Okay. So those are things that, and then the bad part about those compact fluorescent lights too, is not only do they put it on the line, they radiate through space. So, um, and getting back to autism now, okay. We've had kids that, that uh, were autistic and we put like 
we cleaned up their environment. We put some filters in the school. And then, of course, one of the dads went to the school and for a parent-teacher conference, and they're telling him how the kids can calm, you know, all the great things about this kid. And he said, that's not true. Why are you lying to me? Because he's not that way at home. And, of course, they said, well, why don't you come to school and observe, okay? And, they, and actually, the guy was an electrician, so he said, oh, this can't be, you know. They said, well, maybe it's the filters. So, uh, but then he put him in his home, too, because they got the same results. So the and, school had the filters. Yes. Okay. For, and specifically, we're talking about the dirty electricity. Yes. So right. the school didn't have the dirty electricity, but he has it at home. See? Yeah. So, but then when the dad seen the difference, because he thought the teachers was, hey, that's not my son, you know, you're talking about. So, and he was a big skeptic because he's an electrician, but I mean, the results are measurable, you know. Uh, Blood sugar, for example, when you know you're doing that, I mean, you can change your blood sugar by changing the electrical environment, by the dirty electricity. And there's been papers published and written and published in peer-reviewed medical journals on blood sugar, on neurotransmitters, which is a number that that's your immune system, uh, blood pressure, things like that. So it's a real thing. Okay, I just come back from California about a couple months ago, month and a half, something, and there was an autistic child. 12, 13 years old. And the, he was working with a computer all the time and Wi-Fi, And, and that's something that's in our environment too. You just can't look at dirty electricity years ago. When we developed these filters, we didn't have cell phones and Wi-Fi and all those things like that. You know, we just, so that we enjoyed hundred percent success really. But what happened is the boy was starting to develop eye ticks, his mom noticed, and things like that. So when we came there and I looked at and then so they put filters in. And and, and then the, the results are immediate, almost immediate. Anyway, the mom called me the next morning. I was still in California. And she said, uh, the eye ticks stopped and he was sleeping. But he wanted to always be on that cell phone or something. And now he doesn't even want that because now he feels better. He was sleeping longer, you know, more, more restful sleep, things like that. So there was a major change there. And of course the father was gone. And when the father came back, he noticed a big change. There's a Dr. Jelsma or something like that, who works with uh, these kids a lot. And she's kind of an expert and she always makes the parents clean up their house first. Things that you do, you might be doing the right thing, but if you have the dirty electricity, they won't progress, you know? Right. So the things that, that, that a parent can do, I know within EMFs, we've had a, some phenomenal guests as well on, on the show, including Dr. Milham talking about dirty electricity, uh, Peter Sullivan, um, and, uh, and uh, we have Marianne Tierney coming up, uh, who's a building biologist. And so if you think about just EMFs, there's electric, magnetic fields, there's um, radio frequencies and Wi-Fi, and then dirty electricity, which is what you're talking about. When, from your experience of the four types, is is the dirty electricity the one that you feel seems to have the most impact on sensitive kids? Yes, absolutely. Um, remember, I didn't write it. The Russian government, the World Health Organization, the Japanese government says that between four kilohertz and 100 kilohertz are the most biologically active. Okay, if you use a, use a cell phone and you, you're talking a lot, Will you get cancer? The odds are probably yes, but it will probably take you 10 years before you get this tumor that's big enough to where we got to do something about it. Sure. 
But dirty electricity, I mean, we can, we actually developed some things where you can, I can make you sick in 30 seconds. Now the Russians <clears throat> gave the United States ambassador full-blown leukemia in less than six months. He went back to the States, they replace him, boom. The next guy, the replacement, got leukemia in less than six months. Unbelievable. Okay. Now, so the most biologically active frequencies are between four kilohertz and 100. So the dirty electricity, it isn't the only thing. It was the only thing we had to worry about when we first started this in like 2000, 98, 1998, 2000, when we first noticed it, okay? But those are the most biologically active. Those are the ones we got rid of. We had 100% success. But remember, we didn't have Wi-Fi then, or at least out in where we were at. And we didn't have uh, deck phones, you know, the ones that transmit all the time. Now, the dirty electricity, I think it's the most important because there I see the biggest result right away. Then you still need to fine tune it. You need to look at the Wi-Fi. I mean, there's like probably 25 computers in this building. All of them are cable. It's faster, it's more secure, everything. But okay, so we don't use any any transmitted signal here like that. We shielded uh, the smart meter because there's two problems with that. One is the 50 kilohertz. You can put a filter in and get rid of the 50 kilohertz. But we still have the radiation from it. So we just put a piece of, it's a some shielding material and we just put that on the backside and it reflects it out like a mirror. And so that'll take care of that. Uh, you can turn the Wi-Fi off. It's the best thing is to cable it so you don't have it at all. And limit the use of cell phones. You, you know, use it on speaker uh, so that you're not holding it right next to yourself, things like that. There's a lot of fine tuning that you can do. Sure. But the dirty electricity are the most biologically active frequencies. Those are the ones that we that we want to attack those first. Okay. Yeah, and I think I think just to frame it high level, um, with the parent, people who are listening, and everyone's has different suspicions on what might be a bigger issue for their child, for their family, and we know that generally everyone's experience is unique, and that while there's no one cause of anything, without a doubt environmental stressors play a role. So, so if you accept that things in your environment, chemicals and toxins of any kind will play a role on anyone's health. And particularly children on the spectrum tend to be more sensitive, even more sensitive. So if you accept that that is true and you look within this EMF category of, hey, there's a bunch of things to be aware of and that could cause harm. And it seems like between electric fields, magnetic fields, radio frequencies and dirty electricity, all of which you can measure with the right devices. You're one of the few people who has a device that can really measure it in terms of your, your meter. But of those four things, I'm becoming convinced that the dirty electricity issue, the potential for harm from that is so much greater than all those other ones currently for families. And it's the one that they know least about. Does that sound right to you or any, anything you add to that? Absolutely. In a nutshell, that's a very good summary. Yes. You do need to address the Wi-Fi. You need to address this other stuff. But the dirty electricity, going back to, and I didn't write it. We just measured it. We figured out a way of measuring. I mean, we look at, I, I'm a senior member in the Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers. Graham is a fellow. Uh, when it comes to electricity, you got to get up pretty early in the morning to beat us. But we know how to measure it. We have the equipment and we know how to use the equipment. So we measure it. You can see it. Now, 
not everybody has $5,000 for an oscilloscope. So that's why we developed the meter. The Russians said, look, our health department, you know, because they, they, they know what these frequencies did. They're probably the leaders in the world on, you know, because they actually made weapons with it. But what happened is they said, can you make us a meter? Because we can't afford to send our health department each one of an oscilloscope, $5,000, and then to go on out and measure the people's environment with it. So can you make us a meter that will measure what the dirty electricity is and calculate the energy that's there, okay? And well, I can't, but maybe Graham can, okay? So together, we did develop a meter. It's just a little handheld meter. I might even have one here. But it's just a little meter, and it's so simple. There's not even an on and off switch, and you just plug it into the wall, and you get a digital number. If you get that number below 50, it's below 2 kilohertz. Now, what's the magic number of that? Well, remember the most biologically active frequencies are between four kilohertz and 100. But if you made the human body into an electrical model, it's called the five component model, Underwriters Laboratory accepts it. So the UL five component model, you can look it up on the internet. It looks like three resistors and two capacitors. Capacitors are short to high frequency. So if you get above two kilohertz, all that energy dissipates internal to the human body. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now if you got it, and you got to be careful because there are some shysters out there and it's okay, this field, you got this field, you know, you got to use the right meter and stuff, but like 60 Hertz, the 60 Hertz field hurt you probably, but it's not going internal. It's going to take a big, big, a lot of uh, power to push it through you. Okay. But at two kilohertz, those capacitors short and it's like a direct, all that energy dissipates internal to the human body. 50 on that meter is about two kilohertz. So as long as you're under 50, and if you look at the research, people who went to school, uh, ADD, attention deficit disorder, uh, ADHD, uh, things like that. When they changed, they took, got rid of these four to hundred kilohertz, those kids changed immediately. And the magic number, uh, I mean, when you plug this filter in, you have no control over what the number's gonna come down to. And so, it's just that when we went and did it, like it, and I should say we, but when people did the research at schools and there was like five different schools, Professor Magda Havis from Trent University in Canada did research in schools. Grades were higher, test scores were higher. Kids were uh, a lot better mood, uh, less frogging around, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, in schools, things like that with these kids. So hyperactive kids uh and add kids all went mainstream when they go ahead because there was nothing wrong with them it's just their environment i mean you can't expect somebody to run a race and you take a ball and chain and you tie them you know to their leg or something they can't keep up with the other kids but there's nothing wrong with this guy cut that ball and chain and they'll yeah. probably win the race so if their environment at school was improved then obviously it would have when they went home if they had an issue at home then it, it could have negated the benefit that they were getting from school correct Kind of, because we do know that when they were in school, the neurotransmitters, which is really the the uh, uh, electrical grid of your immune system, okay? Mm -hmm. We know that the neurotransmitters change in less than eight hours. That's a number. And Millam did research in the Olympia Washington Library. He took 12 people and he checked their, blood, uh, their uh, urine for 12 weeks, and nobody had less than 300 neurotransmitters in their urine. Now, you don't want to have any because, you know, your body's kicking them out, okay? And then they put filters in. They cleaned up the environment 
that's the only thing they did. They didn't change the Wi-Fi. They didn't change anything else. So going back to the original, what we were talking about, they just did that. They checked, they work eight-hour shifts, so we don't know if they collected their urine at the beginning of the shift or the end of the shift. So, okay, so they collected their urine. Nobody had more than three neurotransmitters in their urine for the next, and that's written up in and published in a peer-reviewed medical journal. So when the kid's at school, and if he has a clean environment, okay, then his immune system's back to work. Now he comes home, then yes, it could be going, and, and vice versa, you know, if he, you know, not every school has filters, see? So, but uh, it's definitely a numbers that can be plotted against other numbers. And, and what's, your, what's your general experience in terms of overall levels? So for example, from what you've seen, average home environment, what would you say is the average level? If you plugged your meter in and got a level, I know we want to get under 50 ideally, but like what is a school environment usually much worse than a typical home environment? And how, how do they differ if you have a, a view on oh, that? Oh, yes. The school environment is usually a lot worse because first of all, like remember I said these computers? Okay. Yes. So now how many computers are in school? Okay. We're home. You have one or two or, you know, three computers. And there they got TVs, so, you know, they got monitors at the school. Okay, so that's one thing. Energy-efficient lighting. Schools, they have a lot of lights, and so we want to have energy-efficient lighting. So they're using T8s and T12 light bulbs. You know, that's really, really bad. And that's usually about 62.5 kilohertz. And now we're switching to LEDs, and that is 62.5 kilohertz. So the schools are a, a, a much dirtier environment or polluted environment. Got it. I, I know when we uh, mm-hmm. did a full assessment of our, our house, the average of testing all the outlets, the average across the house was around 175. And then with the meters or with the filters, rather, we were able to get down the average to uh, 43. So we yeah. felt like, okay, so success at home. And if you just take as an example, that maybe a, a hundred, like our reading may have been typical of a typical house, let's say, would you say a school would be like double that on average or like even higher? Cause I know some environments can be insanely high. The, the schools, uh, it depends on where you're taking the readings, but most of it gets, it's on, a little bit of it gets on everywhere. The meter will only go to 1,999. And then if it gets above 2,000, it just prints a one or a dash. Uh, and in schools, mo- you'll find that there's very few places that you can't find a school where it's overloaded, of course. And you're looking at, yeah, you're going to be looking at in the thousands and hundreds there. Yes, school will be a lot more. Wow. And there's no question from what you've seen, particularly with uh, your experience in the military and having in this field for decades, there seems to be no question that constant exposure to levels that are that high has to cause harm. Like, it's not like it's a debatable point at this point. Not really. And Milham, you know, you had him on and he's a a epidemiologist and he did research because he always thought electricity was contributed to, to human health issues, but everybody's looking at the 60 cycle. So for every 10 studies, you find that 60 cycle causes a problem. You'll find 10 studies that says it doesn't. I was in Russia once and I was invited to do a, a talk with these scientists. And there was like probably 40 scientists in a room and they're 
there was like probably half of them did research and said, yeah, look, it causes cancer. It causes this. It causes all these problems. And the other guy said, no, it don't. And our research is good. Yours is junk. And they were arguing back and forth. So then I was there, you know, to give this talk. And I said, well, guys, did you save the waveform? Yeah, they all saved the waveforms. Says, okay, look at the waveforms. And the ones that says that the 60 cycle doesn't cause a problem, okay, was it a clean waveform? And the ones that says, yeah, it does cause a problem, was it a dirty waveform? It's like, we got two glasses of water here. Did you look at the C for bacteria in it? Well, guess what? We met two days later and they come back and they're all calm. One had dirty waveforms and the other one didn't have so dirty. And the ones that were dirtier or higher frequencies on definitely causes cancer and things like that. And that's a real story. I mean, it's really happened. And if you look at Millam's research, he did some research at the La Quinta Middle School yes. in uh, California. And, and it's written up. You can find it in the web somewhere. But anyway, uh, if you work in an environment and the numbers, these teachers, if you work in this environment and the numbers above 2000, and you work there for more than six hours a day for 180 days, you've increased your chances of getting cancer by 25%. If you work there for only, uh, if the number is below uh, 1,500, mm -hmm. or no, 1,000, if it's below 1,000, then you've still increased your chance of getting cancer by 15%. So you see the number is real, it means something. So now what happens when you work there and you're in there more than, well, they, they use the six hours a day, 180 days a year. But what happens if you're in an office building? You're there more than six hours a day and you're there for eight hours a day. And, and most of us only get two or three weeks vacation a year. So we're really there more than 180 days. See, So the number's real. It really does. And, and, and it means something. Now, when Harvest did research, like I said before, you have no control over what that number is going to come down to. But... It just happened to be like 35, okay, mm -hmm. or something like that. So then they write the papers. Well, if the number's below 35, your neurotransmitters and, you know, whatever, okay. But if you really look at it like with an oscilloscope, I'm sure the same thing would have happened if the number was 45, for example. Because as long as it's below 2 kilohertz and it's not going internal from an engineering standpoint, I mean, it doesn't really matter as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, that, that study with the school was was unbelievably compelling, which leads me to, the, I guess, a question I just want to throw out to you is that given that study, given a lot of the research that's been done and the overall awareness that this is an issue, uh, and that's been a, it's been something that's been known for quite a while, why do you think this has gotten zero attention anywhere? Uh, it, this is not on anybody's radar. Well, I think it's been suppressed. When we first found it, we didn't want to have a product to sell because it takes away from your credibility. Yes. That's Graham and I both felt that way. So what we did is we went to some manufacturers and said, hey, your computer is putting 25 kilohertz back on every wire. You can take a couple of resistors and capacitors and things like that. And you can put, make a tuned filter because as long as you know, it's 25, right. Then you, we can make a tuned filter for just 25 kilohertz, short it out and, and great. And just think of the selling points that you would have because you don't have, you know, 30 power. 
and they basically said, get the hell out of here, uh, you know. So, of course, we're naive, you know, although we're in the real world, but we live, I live in the Midwest, and, you know, but so later on, we found out that we think it's more, it's more of a liability thing, because then if we make the change and we fix it, then it's like, okay, then we knew there was something wrong with our old one and you know, things like that. So that's, so why is it, it's actually being suppressed uh, and it could be easily be fixed and you don't have to. So then finally we just said, well, look, let's prove a point. Let's make something that'll get rid of it, but we're not going to go open up everybody's computer and things like that. So we had to make a bigger, robust type filter, but you know, and of course some of them said, well, it had $5 to the cost of that computer. Right now, at the time, we were paying like three thousand dollars for a laptop computer. Okay, so it means if you're gonna if you come up with three thousand dollars for your laptop computer, would you not pay three thousand five dollars to know you can use it and use it safely, and your family can use it safely? I mean, what's five yeah. bucks? You know, go buy, and they still don't put them in. Th- that's so true on so many other areas too, where a change to improve something isn't done because it's basically admitting that there was a problem in the first place. Then anytime you're looking to add costs, there's always resistance. But for something as big as this and as widespread, it is fascinating that awareness is not something that's promoted or that people, especially now that EMFs are becoming really something that people are tuning into because of all the wireless and because of all the devices and people just common sense understand that there's got to be some issue, whether you believe it's a major issue or not. But even in that dialogue, everyone's focusing on Wi-Fi now. And to get anybody to even understand the concept of dirty power and the noise that's in everyone's home, um, it's just amazing to me that this has not become something that's more understood as something to become aware of and to take some practical actions to try to reduce and improve your environment. The nice part about this, and your listeners can do this be a little detective tonight or after they hear this, just do a little detective work tonight. When you get ready to go to bed, unplug your Wi-Fi. just unplug the Wi-Fi. Uh, see how you sleep. Just because the nice part about this, the results are immediate. Mm-hmm. Like blood sugar. It takes 20 minutes to an hour and your blood sugar, we can change it just that fast. Okay. Uh, neurotransmitters. Within eight hours, you can buy these litmus strips and check your pH and your saliva Mm -hmm. and you will become more alkaline the lower that number. Right. So, I mean, that's something that's a number that's plotted against another number. So the thing is real. It's measurable. And be careful. I mean, if you can't see that on a meter, don't get roped into this stuff. Right. There's, I mean, you can't go to, I mean, you can go to the doctor and say, Hey, I got a fever and he uses a blood pressure cup and says, you're, you're fine. I mean, that's, we're not talking about that, but you want to measure, but it's measurable on a meter. Don't get tricked into these things. Well, harmonizers, and there's a whole bunch of terms that people can use. And uh, you stick something on your phone, your little button on a phone, it's going to take the bad energy and turn it into good energy. All that's crap. I mean, it's not measurable, you know, and, and it's voodoo. And, uh, and I don't mind saying it anywhere because I've been threatened to be sued so many times. It isn't funny. I usually give people my business card and say, hey, make sure you get the spelling right on the summons, right? Because they got to prove this stuff. And they can't. It's, it's, it's hocus pocus. And it upsets me because 
They take advantage of people's lack of knowledge. You're right. You've said it several times. People don't know about this. Okay. They take advantage of people's lack of knowledge, not their lack of intelligence, but their lack of knowledge. I mean, I couldn't bake a cake and I have no intentions, but if somebody told me how to bake the cake, I'd do it the way they told me because I have no clue. So you got to be real careful, you know, and just do a little research and don't get roped into this stuff. Um, and and people are are desperate too, you know, really. And, and people become very sensitive to this. And I do know that autistic kids seem to be very sensitive and I'm not an expert on autism, don't get me wrong. Um, but I do, we've been involved with enough people who have autistic children and things. And as I said, we've kind of making our own observations that it usually happens when there's been a change in their environment, something in their environment changes. Not always, but you know, right. again, usually they start school. Uh, one guy, for example, his daughter was fine. They lived in Florida. He moved to Detroit. He was an attorney. Whammo, the kid, it's autistic, becomes autistic. Why? Started school, things like that. And then uh, right. could have been the know. school, could have been the home that they were in, perhaps. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you got you go to school, you're not used to this stuff. And then you go to the school, you know, and they got all kinds of, uh, you know, computers, TVs, like, you know, the numbers are, like I said, 2000. I know all of our listeners you know, everyone's trying to do the best they can. Everyone wants to try to get educated and to take practical actions, which is where I'd love for uh, to get whatever suggestions you have, because it's easy to get really worked up over so many potential hazards that are out there. And something that you just mentioned, which is a great idea, right? Turning the Wi-Fi router off at night. We, we suggest that all the time because that's such a simple thing. But the Wi-Fi is easier for people, I think, to even digest the dirty electricity to calm your nervous system, you would need to know whether you have an issue or not. We talked with Dr. Uh, Milham about the idea. You can use an AM radio and kind of get a sense coming off the outlets, whether you have an issue, but only by really measuring, do you really know whether you have a major area of concern or whether it's just maybe slightly high, maybe do some things here. So practical steps, what would you recommend? Well, there's no place that doesn't have it. Even if you had a house that doesn't have a TV, doesn't have a computer doesn't have any of these things okay you're still going to have it your neighbors are giving it to you right. you can take the a meter like i showed you and plug it into your outlet and call your neighbor and say vary your light dimmer switch and you'll see that number go up and down from really the because you share a transformer with your neighbors okay there's probably like eight or ten houses per on one transformer in you know if you live in a city uh so there's not a house anywhere in the planet that doesn't have dirty electricity from somewhere because it's on the grid. It's a natural thing now. I mean, it's just there. So how do we want to get rid of it? Now, if manufacturers would be required to not be able to put this stuff on the line in the first place, then, you know, but in the meantime, they're, they're not. And uh, so we have to get rid of it ourselves. So you can put filters in. Wi-Fi is a big thing. And I'll just give you an example, okay, with numbers. The Russians say that 10 microwatts per meter squared, that's a measurement of this transmitted energy coming through space, 10 microwatts per meter squared may be acceptable. They don't say it's safe. They say it may be acceptable. In other words, you have an, your body has an immune system. Is it causing damage at 10 microwatts per meter squared? Yes. But your body could be repairing that damage as fast as it's being damaged. So 10 microwatts per meter squared, 
may be acceptable. Now, if you're 10 feet away from your laptop computer and you have that Wi-Fi turned on, mm-hmm. you will read 2,000 microwatts per meter squared. 10 feet away from your Wi-Fi router in your wherever you keep it, office or bedroom or whatever, you will read 2,000 microwatts per meter squared. Now, 10, maybe plus or minus 5 or 10% margin of error, but not 200%, you see? So the Wi-Fi is a real thing. You want to be below 50 on that meter. You want to be below 2 kilohertz, okay? And if their listeners have a question, I mean, we don't charge for talking to people. I mean, they're answering questions. I mean, have them call me. I'll gladly talk to them. Don't get roped into things. I mean, we're going to give you the direct straight answer and can be backed up. No, I appreciate that. And we'll include all information in the show notes. You've truly been somebody who's been in this field and has been at this for so long and you are a titan in this area. Every time we talk to somebody, they always mention your name because you've been at this and have come up with solutions and you've been trying to get this message out and we're just trying now to help more people become aware, not to get freaked out and to have yet another thing to add that adds pressure, but it actually is the reverse. This is how you get empowered is by becoming aware and with simple steps, you can actually see to what degree you have a problem. And as you're saying, everyone has it. So there needs to be some remediation, but some people might actually have a gigantic problem and your nervous system, once you become aware that this is a potential hazard, the key is finding out, confronting, hey, do I have a major problem? And if you do, you can take measures to basically eliminate it, right? With the filters, there's so much that you can do. Oh, yes. Uh, We, Grandma and I looked at things differently, but I mean, we... We say that this is an engineering solution to an engineering problem. And there should be an engineering solution to every engineering problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, something runs too hot, we put more cooling bins on it or move air over it or something, right? I mean, this is the same thing. A capacitor is short to high frequency, so we, we just size a capacitor to take out between these 2 kilohertz and 100, you know, all, all past the 100. Those are what's on the line. You don't find anything higher on your lines, so there's no reason to go all past 100, but we still did anyway. But I mean, what, we know what's on the line. We know what each piece of equipment's putting on. And if we don't know, we can measure it and see it. But for people to go ahead and, uh, uh, you know, buy $5,000 oscilloscope, you know, for 120 bucks or something like that, you can get this meter and, you know, you can, then you got power. And you can say, hey, you know, my kid doesn't feel as good here in this room. What are the numbers? And what you will find is those numbers are higher there than any other rooms. I mean, it's no, we've we've seen it. It is it's a, uh, uh, surprisingly or or not the near where people sleep, the, where the pillow is. Those outlets near there, you have to look, and you have that. That's the most important location, and it's amazing how often those are higher. We, I've also I've also noticed it seems higher in bathrooms. Um, yeah, and I can you're right, and it's interesting, and I can tell you why. Oh, I'd love to know. Uh, so, I mean, it's not just your observation. It's mine too. But the reason is, is that our bathrooms, the code requires us to use GFIs, you know, the receptacle. Yes. And there's a little circuit inside that GFI. And GFIs are notorious for going bad. But it isn't bad where, hey, it don't work anymore. You start, to, if you listen to a GSI, a GFI, put your ear close to it and you'll hear like a little, zzz, you know, that's arcing. Arcing's a high frequency event. 
And so change the GFI and the numbers will go down and you should change it anyway. But they're notorious for going bad. How often should you replace the GFI? Well, I have some at my house and I buy Leviton or the very best. And uh, I can't seem to get more than a year out of them, some of them. But in other places, I'm, uh, you know, I can get a whole lot longer, you know, but it's so just listen to it. Or if you have like this meter, you can tell, but you're right. Uh, bathrooms, you know, it's, it's a good observation, you know, and, and, and there's a reason why, and, and you maybe didn't know the technical reason why, but you absolutely didn't notice it. Yeah. So in this case, I, what, what I love about this particular challenge is that unlike other things, maybe electric fields, magnetic fields, even Wi-Fi, if you live in an apartment and someone's got a router on next to you, there's you don't have a, really that much control over over some of it. But with dirty electricity and what's coming in, regardless of the source, whether it's coming from your neighbor, whether it's coming from the substation, you can reduce what's happening within your your house by filtering it. And you're basically negating and you're removing that interference. Is that a fair way of describing it? Yeah, right on, spot on, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. you have control over what's in your homes. And every time you plug one in somewhere, it lowers the numbers everywhere. So, you know, I mean, and look, if it doesn't work, and that, you know, we don't, we offer 100% guarantee. I mean, if it don't work, send it back. But we didn't do this for money. We did it so people could get better. Yep. And it did. I mean, Graham, he didn't need money. He had you know, 40 patents to his name, he, he had money. And so we used to actually, when we first started, we gave them away, but then we couldn't do it anymore because every word of mouth, we don't advertise. I mean, word of mouth just kind of got to be too much where we had to get them made and then UL approvals and things like that. Well, the process for someone to go through then is if they were to invest in a meter, you know, and your, your microsurge meter, that's one way that they can absolutely know numerically what the levels are throughout the house. You just put it in each outlet. And I know when we did that for, for our house, and it's a, a smaller house, basically we went from 175 average level down to a 43, and that entailed six filters to get it down to that level. If you have a bigger house, you're going to need probably more filters. And some people may be like, oh, that's, that's a lot of money and I don't want to. But you do that and the entire house comes down. It's not as if it's going to then spike back up. Those filters are going to address any of the dirty electricity, even the spikes or whatever might be happening outside. You're basically one-time investment protecting that environment. And uh, it's, it's the, the benefits it's, are just perpetual. Yes, and you're right. It's a one-time investment. Uh, they're not like a refrigerator filter, or an oil filter, or something where you got to change them and stuff. I, I I got some here that been here for since 1998. I mean, they're discolored and things like that. But uh, and and the other thing, people call here. You can go online and find them. But if you call here, somebody you know for your listeners, just call and and we'll give them a better break. You know, because like I said, we did it for so people could get better. Right. No, and I, I, I'm totally, for at least from my perspective, I so appreciate the work that you do, the getting the message out, offering people solutions on how they can actually correct uh, any problem they have in their house. And uh, no, you've been at this for so long. Our intent here is usually with this podcast, not to ever introduce a problem and then try to sell people some solution for it. This is all about awareness. And this is an important one. That's why we talk about it a lot, because it just doesn't get the, pr- the press People aren't aware. And again, the power is simple, 
actions can actually remove this as a potential stressor for your child. And it's not just your child on the spectrum. All people are, are living in an environment that's getting more and more toxic. And I know if I asked you, hey, is this problem getting better or worse, Dave, you would say it's getting worse. worse. So wow. it's all about defense. It's all about minimizing the exposure. And while there's a lot of things to worry about, this one does seem to be more concerning and getting worse every day, all the more reason to become aware and to take some practical action. It's just, it's just if we're trying to thrive in this environment, it, to ignore this problem because it's inconvenient to do something about it is a real disservice, particularly for your child on the spectrum. And the nice part is the results are immediate. I mean, it isn't like, I mean, if you get a sore throat, you get strep throat, you go to the doctor, you feel like crap, uh, you know, they give you a penicillin. It's going to take a couple of days before you start to feel, you know, come around again, you know. Right. Uh, this here isn't like a couple of days. The results are immediate. And that's and that's going to surprise some people, right? Because usually things like this, and whether it's toxins in food or toxins in the environment, it's rare to see some kind of immediate effect. But I think what you're saying is that if you do have a, let's just say a more significant dirty electricity problem and you correct it, the the behaviors that you might be experiencing, how somebody is feeling internally, that does change instantaneously. Yeah, Millen, he tells me, he was doing some research at a school and he was walking down the hall and a lady, a teacher came out and, and she was in tears and she was a special ed teacher and she had these kids that were um, ADD mm-hmm. and she said, this is it, I'm, my career is over. She said, you know, he's, uh, I'm not going to do this anymore. I can't take these kids, you know, like this. And of course, Sam, he's kind of a gruffy old guy. And uh, he said, well, it's all right. You know, I can fix that. You know, so he goes out to his car and he said, here, just put these in. And he goes around and put plugs of filters in. Right. So then anyway, it was in the forenoon and he's doing research at the school. Well, then the lady thought, huh, these kids calm down. So she thought it can't be that simple. It's, it really can't be that. It's impossible. So when the kids were at lunch, she unplugged them. So when they come back, they kind of went off the wall again. So she plugs them back in. She still has them. Uh, you know, she bought them herself or he gave them to her or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, uh, yeah. So that's, and you know, she was going to give up her career. And she's still teaching. Right. She, she, was, she was that frustrated. And that quickly she saw such an immediate dramatic effect with her students. Sure. Yeah, it's absolute. Yeah. Uh, a guy named Ott did some research in Florida uh, decades ago, and that was when fluorescent lights were coming out, and they emit too, you know. And he put a camera in a classrooms, and these kids were kind of unruly or whatever. Bouncing off the walls. Noticed the big difference when they just put a screen over the lights and grounded it, you know, just with the fluorescent lighting. Well, uh, that would still stop these fields, see, from coming out from the dirty electricity. Put a filter in and get rid of it. Amazing. And I know they're not used that much anymore, but halogen light bulbs, but halogens are probably even worse than fluorescence. Is that true? No, actually halogen, most of the halogen don't chop up the sine wave. Oh. See, now there could be a problem with halogen as far as the light, the spectrum part, but as far as halogen itself or the fluorescent seeds, the ballast, you know, that gives off this big magnetic field. But the old fluorescence, you had a 60 cycle magnetic field. So when you and I went to school, or at least me anyway, um, we had these fluorescent tubes, but mm. they really weren't 
we had a 60 cycle field, but it wasn't going internal. Okay. Now we come out with these T8s and T12s. We have an electronic ballast. And so then we're chopping up that sine wave, see? And it creates a lot of high frequencies, actually 62.5 kilohertz. It goes on the wires. Okay. Well, now, but all you have to do is put a filter on there. Right. But otherwise, if you don't have a filter and that's going internal, yes. it's safe to say that basically it's going to manifest differently in different people, but it's it's yes. causing stress. It's causing oxidative stress. It's causing um, neurological stress. How, how would you describe what happens internally? I know I know you're not a medical doctor, but what's your guess? Well, no, it, it does cause us, uh, you know, stress, uh, obviously. Um, your body... <clears throat> And I talked to a guy who was a professor, Yuri Gagoriev. He was a professor of medicine, grandfather of electromagnetic radiation. Um, and he, he's a professor of medicine. And again, medical is not my expertise. So they had to make it as simple as they possibly could for me. But your body, when you get involved in exposed to these fields, okay, it creates problems. And it, your body will produce histamine. And so because it's you're allergic. Okay. So if somebody, if you and I and uh, your wife or something are sitting in a room and somebody brings a cat in, you might start wheezing. I might start breaking out in a rash and your wife might start getting tears in her eye, but we're all reacting differently because our body's producing histamine. So if we, we can take an antihistamine and it'll help us. But like Gregorio said, why don't you just get rid of the cat? <laughs> you see, and right. so these fields do create, you know, your body will produce histamine. And so if you look at the symptoms of radio wave sickness, you know, then we don't, you know, people, you don't get all of them, but you get some get the majority of them, some get one or two of them or whatever, but that's what it's caused. And if that's the case and what's causing it, if you remove those frequencies, those symptoms will go away. And in all cases they do. Right. Yeah, no, last week we dove in deep on the topic of addressing the root cause and the importance of that. And this is yet another example of something that truly could be at the root of what people are experiencing. Absolutely. Or it's hindering them from getting better. Right. We notice it with cows. We kind of started out with cows, okay? Both Graham and I. And if a cow steps on the end of her teeth and she gets infection, okay, they got to give her penicillin. And normally you give the cow a shot of penicillin, you got to dump the milk for a few days and then everything's fine, right? But the farmers who had high frequencies on the ground or where the cows are exposed to this stuff, they could give them two shots of penicillin and it's, sometimes the cow still couldn't recover, okay? Because the, the cow's natural immune system wasn't working. So even though you give them the penicillin, you didn't get that extra boost. So you're not going to see this. And this is with cows. Mm -hmm. And then of course, then the farmer said, well, look, you know, this doesn't just affect cows. It affects people too. My wife will come into the barn. She gets heart palpitations. She passes out. Of course, we live in a rural area. So they get an ambulance there. They take her in a rubber tired vehicle. It's an hour's drive to the hospital. They get her in the hospital. They can't have anything wrong with her. So what happened? So the farmers are pretty smart people and they, they, they notice this. So then they're talking to people. And of course, People from the electric utility, they don't want to hear it. So they say, ah, you're off your rocker. You're not really all there or something because they're going to denial, right? Mm -hmm. And so who, nobody wants to blame for it. But when 
when they started telling us this stuff, both Graham and I, like I said, we're ex-military and we had classes in this. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, we've heard those symptoms before. So if that's the case, the only way that they could be exposed or have this, if it's from electricity, it has to be from higher frequencies, right? Not the 60 cycle. So where are they getting exposed to it? On the ground. Well, how did it get in the ground? The utility put it there, but how did it get on the wire? Okay, we put it there with our electronic devices. See, right. before we're using vacuum tubes, but nobody ever took the time to look at what, what the difference, what was happening on the grid. Now, all of a sudden, our water's becoming polluted with bacteria. Well, let's treat the water and we'll drink the water, right? Mm -hmm. So let's put some filters in. And you shouldn't have to buy the filters. It really should be put in by Dell computers or Apple computers or, you know, Sony or who makes a TV or Philips who makes the light bulbs, things like that. That should be done right away. And there should be some standards to say, hey, you can't sell this if you're putting this back on. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe at some point we'll move in that direction. But in the meantime, everyone needs to play defense. And I, I love that you uh, teed up the idea that all this and the stress that comes from the exposure, if it is hampering your immune system in terms of its ability to do its job, all the more reason to not only prevent the harm, but also just make sure you're protecting your body's own innate ability to heal and defend. And uh, so there are a lot of things that are outside of your control, but within this area, you can definitely take control back in several areas. Yes. And the immune system is just one of the, I mean, that's one of the things, and it's been researched and papers have been written and published in peer reviewed medical journals. So it isn't like, you know, the national Enquirer or something like that, you know, where we're making this stuff up. It's, it's, it's a real thing. And that nice thing about the immune system, and it's a number that can be again, plotted against another number. And mathematics is a proven science. So you can't, it isn't like, Oh, I feel better. You know, Right. It can be measured. It can be yes. measured. Yeah. This has been a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time. I really do appreciate everything that you do. Yep, no problem. Want to discover the secret ingredient to making healthier versions of your child's favorite foods? Join the free five-day cassava flower power challenge. It starts August 2nd. Visit cassavamama.com to register.